Hey, Will I Like It listeners, do you like a good cup of coffee, one that's rich, flavorful, and ethically sourced? Then you need to check out Dynasty of Coffee, a Yorkshire-based online coffee business that offers a range of expertly crafted blends. All of their coffee is roasted to order to ensure freshness, and they're committed to nurturing the well-being of both individuals and the planet. Whether you're a fan of a bold, strong coffee or a smooth and mellow one, Dynasty of Coffee has a blend for you. Their four main blends are inspired by different British dynasties, Saxon, Viking, Tudor, and a decaf Hanoverian. So if you're looking for a delicious and ethically sourced cup of coffee, head to dynastyofcoffee.co.uk today and use the code SAXON10, that's SAXON, all capital letters, 10, at checkout for 10% off your first order. Enjoy! Welcome back to the Willow Vikit podcast. Today I'm at Moorforge Viking Settlement and my guest is Hamish from Pictavia Leva. Pictavia. And I know I've said it right this <laughs> time. <laughs> and uh, so we're kind of in the middle of running the course at the minute between yeah. us. So we've been doing some uh, deer butchery and cooking yesterday. Mm-hmm. And today Hamish is teaching everyone, including me, how to tan some lovely sheepskins, yeah. which we've got here. So if you see me in camp in future and I'm sleeping, <laughs> blame Hamish. You'll be warm anyway. <laughs> So yeah, welcome to the podcast, yeah. as they say. It's nice to be on. Uh, yeah, so we'll just chat a bit about kind of what you do with your yeah. Pictavia Leather stuff yeah. um, and maybe a bit about how you got started. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we can start with Evil. Cool. Just, uh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah um, what I do mostly is kind of, yeah, museum replica pieces, um, all based around um, mostly Pictish history, but kind of insular British, yeah, Saxon, Nordic, Pictish, Scottish, Irish kind of stuff. Um, mostly museum replica pieces. I build coracles. Um, there's a camping element, which we can go into. Yeah, um, yeah anything that's based around that kind of uh, Iron Age to early medieval history, Yeah, I've got my fingers in, really. What was it that kind of got you into the history to begin with? Um, so, yeah, I don't know. just uh, grew up in Aberdeenshire playing on Pictish stones as a kid. You, you're kind of surrounded by it. You can't not. Yeah. yeah. And there was a fantastic centre called Archeolink that when you mm. go in, it's got a huge wall painted with old Pictish warriors. And I'd like to say that had no bearing on my life. But clearly, <laughs> seeing, you know, painted blue men, uh, yeah. yeah, had a big effect as a kid. It's not something, I mean, I, I mostly came across the pics through yourself, to be honest. Yeah. Um, and it's not covered quite as well as things like the Vikings, is it? It's, it's not even covered that well in Scotland. No. Yeah, nobody really knows about the Picts, so mm. that's kind of my goal, is to kind of uh, reintroduce people to the Picts. Yeah. Um, just get people connecting with the symbols that are on the stones and the history around, and Viking history is just as much as part of Scotland as well, mm. but it's to see how it all ties together and, and how the cultures work together as well. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of difficult as well, isn't it? Because with both our periods, we're kind of working between... Yeah between sort of not a lot of information really and trying yeah. to piece together um yeah so you know i think you said to us yesterday you don't really have like a academic background as it were you're more yeah. of a hands-on kind of yeah i've come at it as a craftsman so i yeah. spend a lot of my free time you know reading excavation reports and phd thesis and trying to get the academic context behind what i'm doing yeah but i'll never understand it as well as an archaeologist mm. so it's nice to get information from archaeologists that we can then do the craft side and, and meet in that middle yeah. which I think where they kind of where we really start learning stuff. Yeah. I think previously it was kind of frowned upon like the experimental side yeah. wasn't. But whereas now I think it's starting to be taken a bit more seriously. Yeah. 
I mean, the centre in Dublin has done wonders for experimental archaeology. I'd love a programme set up in Scotland. Yeah. And uh, more archaeologists are, are coming to the idea that craftsmen can be really valuable mm. in putting artefacts together that yeah. fills in more context for them. Yeah. So, How did you start with the leatherwork itself? Was that um, self-taught? Yeah, self-taught. So I actually started when I was bedbound for kind of two years um, yeah. with back operations and needed something to stay busy. Yeah. So I was going mad with my mind and nothing to do with my hands. So, um, yeah, I picked up leatherwork. So everything I, I do, I, I can do whilst lying in bed. <laughs> That's how I learned everything. It's a tough job. Yeah, I call it otter style of working off my tummy. Sort of yeah. Thing. Yeah. Um, and then when I kind of, yeah, recovered, I just, I'd fallen in love with leather. And mm. it's just, it's a material that speaks to me. I find when you're crafting, you, you're trying to speak to your material and tell it what you want it to do. And not all materials speak back to you. So yeah. leather speaks back. It's quite nice. So it's, it's, I say when I'm working with leather, it's a conversation I'm having all the time. Yeah. It's nice. That's what I'm trying to teach here. Yeah. People to have the, the right conversation with their hide and ask the right questions and, and mm. know how to answer them. Yeah. 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 And it's, it's that thing as well of like honouring an animal, isn't it? Like if we're going to use it, often I throw the skins away because it's not knowing how to process them properly and having the time as well, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but to be able to take something and not just put it in the bin, as the guy at the butchery told me yesterday, yeah. he's thrown away 60 hides. Yeah. <sighs> most, a lot of work though. Most hides get incinerated in the UK. Mm. And if not, then they get shipped off to be chrome tanned. So yeah. just the, the knowledge of tanning has disappeared and the industry of leatherworking has declined a lot. So it's just trying to reintroduce some of that and reconnect yeah. the, the cycle of craft, which I like talking about a lot, between tanners and leatherworkers. And, you know, the cooking, the butchery has gone so well together with the tanning. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. lovely to see. So it's just another element for me to build yeah. up that community aspect. And we found out today that I can also use the waste product from making acorn coffee yes. in my tanning process. So yes. it's not even a dirty job, is it? It's like very clean and... Yeah, when you said, oh, I have acorn coffee, I'm like, well, I'm using acorns to tan the hide, so... So it's perfect. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Yeah. And we've got the weather for it. Yeah. It's very warm today. It's what we need to dry these, so, yeah. Yeah, so we're in the process of doing these ones here. I don't know, shall we talk a bit about the process or are we going to keep that secret for the... Well, no, we can go into it. So <laughs> yeah, these, these hides have been, have been skinned and fleshed and washed and then it's just a process of adding tannic acid, which is through boiled up barks or plant materials, anything with a high tannin content. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're using acorns and we also have a mixed bag of bark joke and, and willow bark. Mm. Um, boiling that up and just rubbing it in with a piece of slate and that's slowly tanning the hides as the layers build up. Mm. Um, as it kind of gets wet and dry and wet and dry and the layers kind of penetrate through the hide and we'll, we'll have a tanned hide by tomorrow. Which is great. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, so we're not doing this just to show off. We are literally monitoring these as we chat at the yeah, moment because we, we're in the process. Yeah. We need to keep them slightly wet, don't we? So yes, we're so. making sure they don't dry out too much whilst yeah. we're, we're chatting. So any kind of wet parts, we just fold into the, any dry, we fold yeah. up the wet parts and let it equalise a little bit. So. Yeah, beautiful skins. Yeah. And they're going to probably end up with my dog sleeping on yeah. it. <laughs> but, you and the dog. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's really nice in here, actually. That's chilling, isn't it? Yeah, I didn't even notice he had the little outhouse out here. It's really cool. Yeah, I don't think anyone's used it yet. It's <laughs> very cool. I think the idea is, is that that's a wealthy yeah. building, and so whoever's sleeping in this room on the end can come out and yeah, that's cool. yeah. avail themselves. Yeah, it's a really nice little coppice he's got here. It'd be nice to kind of do something with it. Yeah, there's quite a few foragal yeah. bits through here yeah. as well. Having someone come in and do some basket weaving. Yeah. Great. I'm sure he did speak to a basket weaver yeah. at some point. There was thicker bits I could build a coracle, but yep, we could probably find enough to do a coracle in here. That would be fun. Yeah. 
build a coracle, go down Take to the, the river. river. Yeah. yeah. Or to the sea. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not. Back to Scotland. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Try and get the get home through the river systems on a coracle. Oh, it's been a fun weekend. Yeah, it's been great. It's, it's good. Great. Yeah. A really nice group of people as well. Yeah. That's really nice. And I, it's been nice. Yeah, tying it all together and just I was quite happy just kind of seeing going through everything yesterday and mm. yeah. It's kind of good that we get on all right because yeah. that was a gamble. <laughs> Booked a course. Yeah. Imagine you could have been a right knob. <laughs> More of a knob. <laughs> Honestly, everyone everyone that knows you, like yeah. mutual friends and stuff, is like, oh Hamish is lovely. Oh, like everyone loves you. Yeah. So never know south of the wall. <laughs> no, because I'd asked like Tom, Caroline and, and Jenny yeah. and they all said the same stuff. So. Yeah. So and then when yeah. you turned up at York, I was like, ah <laughs> Yeah. Kinda of get to know someone through their Instagram yeah, a lot these exactly. days, don't you too? So And Do it want... helps. I, I like that being a kind of public figure. Yeah. And that people kind of get an idea, they kind of know what they're getting. Yeah. As well. It probably helps if like people here knew who was here before they met us, sort of thing. And yeah. Yeah. If they didn't like you on Instagram, they're not going to turn up to your course, are they? Yeah, exactly. It'd be weird if they did. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, if you get your trolls coming on your courses. Oh, imagine. Someone turns up just to say, you're a knob, mate. Yeah. I mean, I'll take your money. It's fine. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, they've paid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No refunds. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. I think what a lot of people see on like social media is they see all the like nice posts, they see all the like the courses and the traveling and they think it's great. But then I sometimes put posts like, yeah, like I have the next month is just 12 hours a day grafting, yeah. batch producing this stuff. Like it's not all roses as well. Yeah. So it's nice to come out and kind of when people come on courses, they do see the best side of you really. Yeah. When you're kind of sharing and you're passionate and you'll see like when I get, when I get going and I get chatting, mm. yeah. I just... You can kind of need someone to stop me. <laughs> no, I think people are loving it. Yeah. And uh, they're mucking in with the food. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. People are hands-on and that's what people are missing. Just mm. that hands-on and, you know, people are more more than willing to get their hands into a deer. Yeah, That's yeah. what I like to see, so. And, yeah, and they hides, tore a into it yesterday. think tanning is a, is a mucky, dirty job, but it's it's a clean job, especially mm. bark tanning, you know. Mm. It's, um, it's antibacterial, it's, it's clean, it's basically tea. So Staining my hands it. a little bit. Yeah, and it, I'm gonna it, have a tan when I go home. And by the time this this tan starts building up, they're gonna smell nice, and it's they're, they're clean hides, you know. It's it does smell a like process. a sheep still at the moment. Yeah. I mean. Oh yeah. I mean, but nice. I like that. Yeah. I'm not against just, that. Just beautiful hides, and it's nice to kind of use them and honour them, and, yeah. and then we'll all have bedrolls for doing this type of stuff, mm. and we'll kick the long haul out as well, so it works for the site. And yeah. Well. a bit back. Hopefully, be building a a tannery here yeah. at some point, and. Uh, It'd be a regular thing. Yeah, I think. And I'm passing here all the time. So I'll pop in, mm. keep an eye on them. Make sure they're doing it the right way. Yeah, yeah exactly. Get the whip out. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's again, it's like people come here and they want to see the community that would have been around. Yeah. So having a tannery and the blacksmith and, and yeah. the butcher and all that, it all ties in and it's all mm. kind of reproducing that historic community. Yeah. Which modern day has lost, really. Mm. So. Yeah. yeah, reconnecting. We're lucky enough, the weather's good, so we're all outside yeah. tanning hides and just enjoying yeah. the sunshine and yeah. everyone's just getting on with it, having yeah. a chat. Yeah, It's not too much hard work. Yeah, A little bit every now and again. Yeah. You find even in bad weather, like when it's when you're all inside and you're all by candle and firelight mm. working hides as well, you're like, you do really go back in time a little bit. Yeah. So it's, I'd much rather be out in the sun, <laughs> you know, coming down from Scotland, it's quite rare, so. It's been fairly warm for the north of England. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. not bad. It's been, yeah, it's been nice for me. 
Mm. So I just enjoy being out working hides. It's mm. nice for me. So a lot of my time is spent in the workshop, hunched over things doing intricate work. Yeah. Um, so it's nice I can come out and just do a bit of grafting and stretch my back out. I was going to say, it's got to be bad for your back. You mentioned yeah. you already had an operation or something? Yeah, I've had four yeah. operations on my back. So I Do you mind to... going into what you did? Uh, it's more a genetic thing. Yeah. Um, it's quite common, yeah. It's, it's called pylonidal sinus. It's like ingrown mm. hairs. Yeah. And basically, they, they, they forms an abscess and they yeah. stick a rod up it and then they cut all the flesh away and it has to heal from the inside out. Wow. So, um, Mine's, they're usually like that big, and then yeah. I went to that big, and then I went to that big, and then I went to this big. Yeah. And yeah, they remove all that flesh, and then it's just got to heal, so you're just left with nothing there. So, yeah, I'm a very scarred man from yeah. all the way down. And that's uh, <laughs> why you were in bed for so long. Yeah, and then years of recovery over that, so I, I, I do a lot of what I do to manage my health as well. And I've had mm. like stomach operations and stuff too because of it, so. Yeah. Yeah, so I was quite a, quite an unhealthy man in my younger years. So. Yeah. The leather work gave me my vitality back yeah and gave me a way to like create and produce and put a bit of myself out there when yeah. i was stuck indoors so much yeah and it just came and in, turned into like a silver lining and a, an absolute passion and then i can pass that on as well and i teach mm. a lot of courses as therapy too yeah which is nice so i have a lot of people with either mental things or physical things and they just ask if they can just come and craft and mm. i'm no therapist but i say well just craft and you can just kind of like enjoy the therapeutic aspect of working with your hands and i think it's just being around other people as well and just yeah. being able to to talk to people it's yeah yeah it's good for your mental health yeah. and like you don't have to be healthy to be a craftsman yeah kind of you know you can work the craft around your health and, and yeah. manage your health for that and that's what i like about it yeah i, I have bad days and i just go nope just can't do it Mm. So I'm fortunate to be self-employed that I can just make my own rules and do that. So. Hey, got to take some time for yourself sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this got serious, didn't it? We were giggling <laughs> yeah, a minute does. ago. <laughs> yeah. But so, nice. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We haven't talked about Pictish stuff much, have we? We can talk about I know those. you like Pictish stuff. Yeah, I like Pictish stuff. Should I open that door? <laughs> yeah, you can open the Pictish trap door. Yeah. Yeah. Because what most people don't realize is they have this st we still have this victorian image of what the picts are yeah these blue painted barbarians fighting the romans so they went that's completely not the case <sighs> yeah. i'm disappointed yeah so the picts are the indigenous people of scotland yeah but during the roman time they were just loose celtic tribes you'd call them really and it was through the roman oppression that they started to kind of amalgamate um, so the, the Romans mapped out a lot of the tribes, yeah. um, but through various uh, campaigns, they started to come together into main, two main tribes, like the Caledoni mm. and the Maetai, and then they eventually formed, and the Romans started calling them the Picti, where yeah. their name came from, which they don't know if it's the painted people or if it I was going to ask from. what it meant, yeah. Yeah, that's one theory. One is that the, the Pretenai, that's where Britain comes from. Yeah. Um, they thought maybe it was something to do with that as well. Yeah. So the origins are kind of, again, shrouded in this Pictish mystery that's abundant. Um, but the, the, the Picti kind of started forming out of this Roman era, but they were really just loose tribes. They weren't, uh, they weren't a, a social structure, really. Mm. Um, and then in like 410, when the Romans leave Britain, that's when you suddenly have all these power centers forming. You've got Northumbria yeah. and Cumbria, and um, all these kingdoms start forming up. They suddenly don't have this oppression, so all the art style blooms, all the culture blooms, and they all start putting their walls up. And that's mm. when you see the Picts as a nation start to rise. Yeah. And this is into the early medieval period. And you get, you've got, you know, your Saxons, Welsh, Irish, and the Picts and the Scots in the West as well. Yeah. 
So you start to see this culture and this art style come up and slightly different systems than they have elsewhere in the British Isles. Yeah. So they were the one of the last cultures to be Christianized, which is quite interesting, mm. which we see evidence in the stone carvings and yeah. some writings. Um, their kingship system was not patrilinear, it was more matrilinear a lot of the time. So it, what this meant was rather than the kingship going father to son, they could choose from uh, the female line and lots of cousins. So mm. there was a wider spread of people to choose from. Families interconnected more, um, and it meant you had less kind of feudalism in a sense. Yeah. Because it's how the kind of Picts and Scots eventually amalgamated. Um, they were the same family, the, the rulers. And then they I was going to say, what to happened one. to them in the end? Yeah. They just became the Scots. They became the Scots, yeah. yeah. What happened is, yeah, uh, there was times where the Pictish kings were kind of overlording the Scots and mm. vice versa. But the families kind of ended up as one and joined. With, yeah. Kind of all started around Kenneth McAlpin and that all kind of filtered down into one bloodline that yeah. managed to hold both kingdoms together. And what it was is the elite mostly came from Scotland at the time. Mm. So the elite were all Gaelic speaking and they pushed out all the Pictish language, which was P-Celtic, which is basically Welsh. Mm. Um, and then, um, yeah, the, the elite kind of started that, started to trickle down. The language became Gaelic. Um, a lot of the Pictish culture still slowly kind of just faded away a little bit and it became the kingdom of Alba so the, the Picts never went anywhere the bloodlines are all still there um, but sadly the, the last mention is you know around the 10th century um, of a battle between the Picts and Vikings and then they were never mentioned again yeah any other mention just became of the Scots and Alba mm. so um, it's this kind of shrouded origin mystery and then this mystery of where they went yeah and really they were already there and they never went anywhere <laughs> so <laughs> that's the, the quickest answer yeah so i really love celebrating pictish history and it yeah. survives in the stones and the artifacts the most um but it is all around and you know there's very similar things with irish cultures and saxon cultures and yeah and where they blended in and that's what i love to show is the mix of culture in the time period as well mm. that's, that's really interesting yeah. So, yeah one other question for you before yeah. we move on was yeah. It goes back to the leather work really is obviously you so you started your leather work in bed yeah and then you you're into history anyway yeah so how do you get to the point where you're reproducing pieces for like you know museum pieces because we haven't got a lot of evidence for many things have we yeah i don't know it's this kind of childhood fantasy that i've somehow managed to yeah manifest yeah because i started off kind of doing bushcraft stuff outdoors stuff with a inspired by history yeah. so i do i'd learned kind of modern leather carving and i kept doing it and not quite being satisfied and then mm. i was kind of looking at the stuff in the museum and saying this doesn't look like that yeah. so i need to get it to look more like that yeah and just studying and, and trying different techniques and making my own tools and i slowly started to just blend from modern to traditional mm. and then just tailoring that into the historic styles and just going through the research and any leather finds i could get yeah um just working it over and over and over to learn and it's really when i started learning about tanning as well mm. started understanding my material more and when I understood my material more, I understood the context behind the history of it and what yeah. people were doing with the leather, how they were producing it, what they were using it for, and the context it can still be used in. So hmm. it was really as that all started to come about. So really just the last few years is when I started honing it. So I've been doing this well over a decade and I feel yeah. like I'm just getting started. Yeah. It's just so much depth and knowledge to go into when you go into the historic side of things. Hmm. It's a rabbit warren and it never ends. And I never <laughs> want it to end, you know. Um, Life would be boring, I think, if you had all the answers. Yeah, exactly. And there's yeah. all these little avenues like leather flasks and studying the history of those and then yeah. coracles and where they were used and looking at the, the you know, just the different source material as well mm. and pulling out little facts and then making interpretations based on those facts. 
Mm. And I always say everything I make is my interpretation. It could be completely false. It's yeah. the same with food. Yeah. Like we don't have any cookbooks from the time, so we can't yeah. really, there's a, you know, a few pot samples and things that you can put together, but mostly, and one pot doesn't tell you what everybody was eating, so yeah. you still have to interpret based on what you've got. Yeah, exactly. So it's pulling other cultures and information together and making small leaps of imagination mm. will help pull an interpretation in, as long as you don't make massive leaps. You've got a fair, solid resource to say, this is my evidence of what I'm backing it on, yeah. but it's always conjecture. So we just, we don't know. Yeah. I'm not a picked from the Are you not? century. I'm oh, not. I'm disappointed. No. I'm going. <laughs> no, so, <laughs> this yeah. has been a travesty. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to tell people this. Yeah, I'm not a time traveller. Right? Yeah. So I'm doing my best here. So yeah. You get it with tents as well and people yeah. go, oh, do you live in the tent all year round? No. No. I don't live here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've got a house. So. What a normal house is what I normally get. Yeah. I wouldn't say mine's a normal yeah. house. I was going to say, define normal. Yeah, exactly. It's full of coracles and stuff. <laughs> yeah. It isn't every house. Yeah. But Should be. I think rather than like we're educating about history, but really we're celebrating it. That's how I like to see what I do. Yeah. Celebrating the craftsmen that came before me mm. and trying to learn and solve problems the way they did and kind of pay a little bit of a homage to them. And the skills and, are dying out, aren't they? So exactly. it's it's a good thing to um, yeah. keep alive yeah. and pass on. And yeah. And it's when I kind of recreate something, it's not about going, oh, look what I've made. It's about going, oh my God, look what this person designed 2000 years ago. They were a genius. Yeah. I've just copied it. Yeah. You know, that's all. Yeah. Just copies his work. That's it. Oh. Just copycat. Go we got him, folks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we exactly. finally got him. That's the trick. <laughs> <laughs> He's just copying it's people. Just being a really good copycat. <laughs> as long as you only copy people that are long dead, then it's fine. <laughs> yeah. It's long enough ago. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I think what we'll do is we'll go off and make some food. Cool. And we'll carry on our chat when we've got. Yeah. something nice to eat. It's not going to be authentic today, I'm afraid, guys. We're going to make some curry, but That's we've got lots of venison. Yeah. So we'll make a venison curry. We'll come back in a bit and we'll yeah. carry on with our chat. Yeah, some jelly beans for pudding. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> if you're a good boy and eat all your dinner. <laughs> Do all my tanning. Nice. <laughs> right, so we're back several hours after the first record. Yeah. We've been working all afternoon. We've made some food. Or the participants have. Yeah. And so we're just going to eat and you just watch us eat, right? Yeah. 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 We're smart teachers. <laughs> Delegation. This is like, how do you get away with that eating with a group of people? Just, oh, we're recording a podcast. Go yeah. into the woods. <laughs> yeah. Rub the sides. See you in an hour. Mm. Give it a go. Oh, it's fantastic. Mm. Not quite authentic. <laughs> do know. But, mmm, tasty. Slow cooked. Um, haunch. Yeah. Mm. I don't think I've ever made such a big pot of curry. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. We could um, discuss a little bit about the picks and their food because we didn't cover that earlier. Yeah. Um, so tell us everything you know about Pictish <laughs> food as so, the picks expert. <laughs> admittedly, it's very little. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Food's not mm. I've not something I've ever really gone into, mm. which is why. I find it really interesting as you come from the food background, so you'll be able yeah. to teach me a lot more stuff, I think. Mm. Um, I, yeah. have, I have looked up a little bit about Pictish food. Yeah. There's not much to know. No. <laughs> I think, I'm, uh, from what I'm gathering, it's going to be very similar to what I'm doing with the Saxons and the Vikings. Yeah. Um, and there is the one thing that says that maybe they didn't eat a lot of fish because yeah. the fish, like the salmon of knowledge, might have been a sacred thing. And so maybe they avoided it. Yeah. Um, but it seems there's different opinions on whether that's yeah a thing. I, I think the evidence is changing all the time, as it always does with these things. Yeah, I fall 
either side of the fence really it's a good theory the salmon is carved on a lot of pictish stones so it does seem to be quite revered mm. and yeah just the the lack of fishbone evidence on archaeological sites where we find other bones and things mm. it, it does suggest that but then there has has been some fish bones found in the last sort of two three years but it's not enough to suddenly change that theory it's like, there's a well, there's the church where they've analyzed the bodies yeah that'd be um, the isle of may maybe i'm not sure be. there's quite a few um, and they've they've done the isotope analysis. Yeah. And most of the people didn't eat fish. Yeah. Right. But there's a few people they think maybe were higher status, maybe running the place mm -hmm. that would have had fish, and even possibly for the guests. Mm. So he, I don't know if he felt he was better than everybody else. But maybe he was eating the salmon and knowledge. Mm. Yeah, very well could mm. be. Because yeah, just finding a couple of fish bones suddenly it's not groundbreaking enough to change the theory. Mm. I find it quite interesting on Iona looking at from the leather perspective that they found remnants of seal and otter leather. Mm. Um, so they were definitely butchering them, skinning them and tanning them. They wonder if they were eating them. If, is that a way the clergy got away with not having fish? Going, well, it's in the water, but it's not a fish. <laughs> we can eat that. Mm. So, Do we have any evidence for, because you make fish leather as well. Yeah. So have we got any historical evidence for that? Not here, no. no. Um, it's more uh, northern uh, Greenland, Inuit, Sami cultures, mm. where we see most of the fish skin leather. But it's that whole like it's it's obtain it's very easily obtainable. It's very easy to tan. It's a very useful material. But mm. yeah, we have no evidence of it here. And they were, I mean, they were seafaring people. So yeah. it's kind of bizarre that I guess if you've got enough other food, mm -hmm. that it's not so important. Yeah. But you think they've got must have been people that needed to eat at some point that would have just yeah like a fish I'll yeah i'll eat that it's like talking about fashions and things it's i get it a lot with kind of dreadlocks the pics have dreads and i say absolutely not an individual could have but it's not a, a well, fashion a that we see yeah looking at the artwork and things yeah and the stone carvings no mm. but there's nothing against the odd individual so someone who's starving needs to eat very well could have been eating fish but it doesn't seem to be the the going mm. thing yeah and there were farmers too right so a lot like the yeah. the saxons and the vikings they mm. were yeah they were producing cattle and, yep. and sheep and pigs. And yeah, oh, very, very big history of, of cattle farming. Even mm. pre-Christian, certainly, there's a lot of uh, pre-Christian cattle stones. Up at Burghead, the mm. huge fort up north in, in Murray, um, there's like six carvings of bulls that remain. I think there was, I think about 30, that would have been placed all around the hill fort. Mm. Um, and like the famous Rhiney man, it looks like he's got a pole axe over his shoulder rather than a fighting axe. And they think that was dispatching mm. cattle. And then when the Christians um, did come in, a lot of the craft came through the church yeah. and they were um, they had kept a lot of cows for producing vellum and they probably would have been eating that meat as well then. So It's, it's funny, isn't it? Because you find evidence of the lever and things, which you kind of assume they ate the animal. But we have the same thing with the yeah. Vikings and cats. Yeah. Now, we know they were skinning cats. <laughs> so were they eating them? That's, well, <laughs> that's and true. And then you go, well, why weren't they eating them? Because it's a, a, you're not yeah. going to skin a live cat. Yeah. So at that point, what do you, yeah, yeah, maybe it was for the dogs, <laughs> dog food. No cats were harmed in the making of this curry, <laughs> we can say that at least. No, but maybe the deer was. Yeah. So, yeah, mm. it's always that conundrum mm. of evidence. Yeah, well, that's, the, that's the problem, we're constantly trying to sort of adapt the small amounts of it. and as we said before yeah. it's changing all the time and so someone yeah. else will come along and say we've just found this thing and yeah. oh well that throws everything out of the water yeah 
it's like music, you know, we can find parts of instruments, but we can't recreate the music they were playing on them. Yeah, they weren't writing down music sheets or yeah, anything like that. exactly. Mm. So it's trying to find the, the fine line in that interpretation mm. and, and look at what they have. So we do have lots of like um, pollen counts and grain finds and things. So mm. there's plenty of food there and we know the animals that were abundant to eat. But like the fish, yeah, did they really eat it? So mm. I actually almost, because we have venison, we've made the venison curry, but I almost thought about making you a pork and barley stew. Because mm. I gather they had a lot of barley and stuff as well. Yeah. So. Yeah. From my limited amount of research into the mix. <laughs> yeah. But I did try. Yeah. No, we'll we'll do that at some point for sure. Yeah. 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 Mm. I realised partway through this that bringing popper noms to a podcast is not a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> they go down well. Mm. But they do make a bit of a loud noise. I was like, oh wait, I'm crunching over you talking. <laughs> People can hear it. Crunch, crunch, crunch. Mm. We did talk about mentioning tattooing, actually, didn't we? Yeah, we could talk about that, yeah. And we'll make sure that this goes out after you're allowed to say that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, so is, is your work mostly inspired by the Pictish side of things? Yeah, so I only do uh, traditional tattooing inspired by Pictish artwork. So mm. what I love doing is reconnecting people with the artwork that's on the stone carvings. There's a lot of times people have a Pictish stone in their local town or on the hillside and they've never even gone out to see it. So losing that connection of, of what the symbols mean and a lot of the mystery of the symbols is that we, we don't know what they mean so um, we do need to reconnect for that and there's sources like there's a Roman source that says the Romans were reading the symbols on the faces of the dying Picts so they had symbols on their faces mm. either tattooed or painted Yeah. and there's lots of mentions of them being tattooed um, so it's it's quite nice to get into that and kind of celebrate that part of the culture as well. Yeah. yeah. So you think it's more likely that they were actually tattoos? You said possibly painted, but... Possibly painted. So I, I think both because yeah. um, there's a very good case of um, do what I say and not as I do, and that's blue tattoos. <laughs> I absolutely do not believe the Picts had blue tattoos. Right. Um, I'm a firm believer that they probably didn't. Yeah. This whole thing about woad, nope, woad's caustic, you can't really tattoo with it. Um, it burns, um, very hard to get blue, and the translation of woad is kind of a mistranslation anyway. The word was vitreous, which is glass, and the, right. the glass of the times was blue, green, and red, and all sorts. There's more mentions of red, um, of being uh, iron-marked, um, and you could be using red ochre and things. Mm. So, um, And in the Book of Kells, we see more uh, detailing on the little figures in red. Mm. So it's more likely to have red tattoos as well as the common black. And black tattoos do go a little grey blue with traditional inks as well. Yeah. So the blue, I think if there is ever kind of anything to do with blue, I think body paint is a possibility. Mm. But I think tattooing black, black and red. So yeah. no smurfs in the picture. No, no smurfs, I'm afraid. <laughs> but I, I, I was grew up on this image as well, and mm. Archeolink with all the painted warriors, and I, I love the way blue spirals look on a body. And I'm, mm. I'm not a ninth century pict, so I'm gonna Can enjoy my blue spirals and my fairy locks and be <laughs> damned with it. A real pict, <laughs> I know exactly. <laughs> I think uh, people expect me to imbue this whole pictish kind of atmosphere, mm. and uh, no, I'm a very much a modern man as well. So, yeah. Mm. But tattooing is a, is a fun kind of thing to follow um, and it is a nice way to respect the artwork and just another form yeah. of leather for me, really. Say, it's kind of yeah. a follow-on from the leather work. Yeah, so, yeah, I can, I can tan it, I can carve it and I can draw on it very well and poke it with ink, so. 
Like when you're working with the material, this might yeah. sound like an odd question, I guess, but is it like quite similar? So working it's on very a... similar, yeah. And that you know the inconsistencies in skin, yeah. and that translates from living skin to dead skin. Yeah. So you get some areas that are hard and won't take ink so well. Some that'll just the ink will just pop right in, and it's the same with carving leather. Mm. You feel it with your tools as you're going with it, and, and tanning yeah. too, how it takes the the tanning in or not. Mm. So it's all it's all interesting to work with. <laughs> yeah. And when people are done with their tattoo, I can have it back <laughs> and tan it. So. <laughs> Watch this space for future tanned people then. Yeah, that'll be a future course. <laughs> how to tan your... Yeah, how to tan your tattoo or something. <laughs> it's actually, yeah, so the, the tanning that you saw us with earlier that we mm. were sat here with, we carried on throughout the afternoon and I was quite surprised at suddenly how it, they started to get a lot darker, didn't they? Yeah, it's just like, as we strengthen... It's amazing how it really starts to take on that colour. Yeah, we strengthen the tan and bring the tannic acid up and it starts to colour the hide and mm. it's already looking like a finished hide. Mm that we just need to soften and you'll have a, a nice comfy bedroll for the next camp. Yes. Yeah. And then I can start making more. Gonna make loads more. <laughs> Gonna make lots more, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was the idea. Get yeah. the skill and uh yeah. Just it's, for to fill the camp and Yeah. It's something that yeah, a lot of people kinda miss out on is that kind of camp furniture stuff. A lot of people will go straight to making benches, but you need something soft and warm to lie on. So mm. yeah. And sheepskins are the best thing for it. Yeah, and I kind of want to tie in that element as well because it's all part of, you know, between butchery, cooking, mm -hmm. and then just using the whole of the animal. Yeah. And I've got some bone pieces already that I demo to people. Yeah. So to actually also have maybe a hide that I'm working on in between cooking food and yeah. would be a nice, nice addition, I think. I'd be so frustrated to do what you do, to put all this work in and then in five minutes it's gone. <laughs> I couldn't you stand that. Yeah, at least the sheepskin, you still got something yeah, from the Yeah, my food's a memory. Yeah. Which is alright, because if it goes wrong... Yeah, it's short-lived. <laughs> people soon forget. Short-lived failure. Someone <laughs> once said to me about food poisoning, they're like, well, you can cook food for people hundreds of times and it's fine, but the one time you give everyone food poisoning, they never let you forget. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Touch wood. <laughs> As I eat your Checking food. in the morning. <laughs> Oh, so we should probably wrap up and go and have some fun. Mm -hmm. I've got some whiskey for you. I'm happy with that. Oh, we didn't bring the jelly beans. Oh, well, well. Oh. I have, I have some spare oh, beans. We've got some beans. <laughs> we didn't mention the beans. No. I thought this was a joke when I first met you and you kept talking about beans and I'm like, it's going like a crack addict. <laughs> it, is, it is a terrible addiction. And, uh, no, it's actual jelly beans. Yeah, just jelly beans. Yeah, I don't need no drugs. Just, it, just the beans. Turns out they're quite useful when you're tanning. I've, I've discovered a love for Everybody discovered today how useful jelly beans are. I think the been high on jelly beans. <laughs> now you see the secret of my work. And I bought the jelly beans, so I can confirm they are real jelly beans. They are real. They're not anything yeah. suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> they're not suspicious beans. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, they are. They are good beans. Why yeah. jelly beans? Why jelly beans? Yeah. Um, they're just, they're delicious. And uh, just little, little beans of fun. Would you like one? With, with, your, curry. with your curry. All right, <laughs> we'll, we'll, add, we'll add one, one in there for extra. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, the energy, madness. they keep you going. Mm. And they've got gelatin, which comes from hides. So it's a no, leather workers, tanners. Don't. Check the ingredients. Well, the vegan ones don't. These are from Aldi. Yeah. Not to plug Aldi, but tum. <laughs> Get a commission off that. Fuck Aldi. <laughs> <laughs> no, they make most of their sweets, I think, are vegan. Yeah. Um, the non-vegan ones, yeah. Mm. So, out of ten? For the jelly beans? Oh, eight out of ten. Yeah. For sure. 
Yeah. Only an eight. So who gets ten? Anyone? Oh, ten doesn't exist. Ten is no. I'd never want to reach that point. There's nothing after life once I reach <laughs> ten out of ten jelly beans. It's not worth living. <laughs> so. Has anyone reached a nine? Yeah. Yeah. I've had I've had a nine once. They're very good. Yeah. I've tried not to go too deep into getting more. <laughs> so. <laughs> Are we going to name check or? <laughs> they were from the National Museum in Edinburgh. Yeah. Yeah, they were very good. I did. So a, did I did own a, jelly beans. Yeah, a guy paid me for a tattoo of jelly beans, and he was lucky. They were nine out of ten. Beans. <laughs> Is that legal tendency? <laughs> I would say so in Scotland. <laughs> we'll take anything. Come to Scotland and pay in jelly beans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like at this point they are going to think they're not jelly beans. We're just giggling about <laughs> yeah, jelly beans. I know this, they are. Just, this is genuine. This is a serious. They are. It's just, a very serious conversation. Yeah, they are just that Straight good. Face. Yeah. <laughs> what can I say? Like life is fun. Mm. Don't want to be a picked all the time. No. No, they didn't have jelly beans. Exactly. So I couldn't live back then. <laughs> Everything in my well, life would be the same. Well, I'd be a leather worker and a tanner. We've got some questions yeah. that I end every podcast with, right. and that's going to actually tie in quite a bit with that. <laughs> right. So we might have a spoiler for people there. Right. All right. So the first question is: If you had an unlimited budget, what would be yeah. your dream project? That would be Pictish camps, taking people out and exploring Pictish life out in the wilderness in Scotland. Mm. Um, and it is something I'm actually working on with not an unlimited budget, but I really want to take people out in an immersive experience. So camps on a lock in Scotland will be building coracles, tanning hides, uh, we'll be foraging mm. and we'll be cooking all together. So you're absolutely going to be with us on that. Yes. Yep. And uh, bring jelly beans. Yep. <laughs> and we're gonna uh, we'll experiment with some music as well. But it's mostly about experiencing the life of uh, a community traveling through the land. So mm. kind of traveling craftsmen and how to just live camp craft together. Yeah. So it'll be how to create light and fire and create camp properly and keep warm and all this kind of stuff. Mm. Put in and then an element of hiking and stuff as well. So um, this is all going to be this way to kind of follow. Following the footsteps of the ancestors in a practical way. Scotland. You do. Everybody <laughs> does. If only. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I don't, I haven't been there many times. I must must be honest, and I've never been that far north. Well, so I've promised to take you out in the coracles. So yes. you need to come up now. Yes. I'm not going to turn that down. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, that'll be that'll be awesome. You're going to do it anyway, despite budget. Yeah. But with an unlimited budget, it would yeah. be. Even bigger. <laughs> yeah, it would be, yeah, it would be, I would just wall off the whole of Scotland <laughs> and bring people in to just... Dream project is wall off Scotland. Uh, yep. <laughs> and you just stand on the gate deciding who comes in. Yeah, exactly. Who yeah. brings beans and who doesn't. It's a simple job. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so next question ties in a bit to what you were saying mm -hmm. before is, do you think you could survive on a Viking Age diet? Without beans, I would struggle. I think I could survive. I don't know about happiness levels <laughs> or energy levels. Survive, but not thrive. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, could survive, mm. but yeah, certainly not thrive on it. Mm. Depends on the fish as well, really. Yeah? Yeah, I don't know. Not I like into, a bit of fish. Not into too much fish? No, I like a bit of fish. So if I couldn't oh, have fish... Oh, if you couldn't have fish. Yeah. Oh. Then that would, be, that would be interesting. I mean, yeah. It's difficult Viking Age, isn't it? Because yeah. some people go, well, yeah, but the Viking Age is a time period, so actually you can go to India, and they, they were still yeah, doing stuff. Yeah. But, but, I mean, but I grew obviously up Obviously, we mean a specific diet. Yeah, I grew up on proper Scottish food, like stovies and haggis. So mm. I imagine that would have been very similar kind of potential food as well. Mm. Scottish food's just stodgy, salty goodness. Sounds good. So if they had that, it'd be good. 
I've got some haggis in the freezer. I should have bought you some. Oh, yes. Homemade. Oh, <laughs> that good. <laughs> Homemade. Yeah. Yeah, so there is another question that's tied into that, and right. I, this is going to be a massive surprise yeah, to people. Right. Is, is there any food you'd miss on a Viking Age diet? Yeah, beans, haggis, hands down. <laughs> if they didn't have haggis, haggis, is plausible. Haggis is plausible. It's plausible. We don't have any yeah. evidence necessarily. Yeah. I think Kat was talking on my previous podcast about yeah. possibly there might be some evidence it came yeah. from sort of Norway, Scandinavia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a bit of evidence from the Romans as well. Yeah, I think the idea of a haggis is kind of yeah. It's fairly Pretty global anyway. Common. I mean, definitely plausible. Jelly beans? Mm. Maybe not. But enough honey, some sweet things, and yeah, then I think I'd be all right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just. <laughs> so what's the worst thing you've ever eaten? Yeah, that would have to be fermented fish for me that my friend had prepared himself as a special treat. And I just met him, and I was staying at his house, and I had mm. to be so polite and British about it. And I was trying not to throw up, and then he says, oh, wash it down with this jag of vodka. And I was just (laughs) (laughs) trying not to let it go. (laughs) But, yeah. Is that why you didn't join in the search trip? Yes, exactly why. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so to follow on from that, what is the most memorable meal you've ever had? Memorable meal? Mm. Oh, Reindeer pizza, I think. It's yeah. very memorable. Yeah. <laughs> very, very tasty. That was a bit Scooby-Doo. Yeah. <laughs> very nice, thin, like, Italian-style pizza, but with mm. thin-layered reindeer meat on it and, like, crest and stuff. It's very nice. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Mouth tickler. Amazing. I think I've had reindeer. Uh, might have had it in Norway last year, yeah. possibly. I had like a platter at Midgard Blot and it had yeah. different sausages like moose sausage and stuff yeah. and I've got a feeling there was reindeer yeah. on that. Probably. Between that and, and eating whale, whale's always tasty. I've done that once. Yeah. I felt bad. Yeah, I felt bad but it's, well I had a friend that worked in kind of lobbying and she said well that's, that's kind of, there's a, there's a lot of this type of whale that we eat but <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we had something up in Iceland. Mm-hmm. Mm. Just because I, I felt like I had to. I was in Iceland. Yeah, it's like a rich, rare red steak. The way I had it, it was gorgeous. Yeah, very beefy. Yeah. Very beefy. Yeah. Same with Bizarre. seal. Seal heart is delicious. Yeah? Yeah, very good. Got and sauces? Where can I get some? <laughs> when they wash up, I take them. <laughs> so. Don't sit still for too long. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's why they shiver. <laughs> She's got the skin. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> All right, so there's one more question, and then we can go and enjoy the evening. Mm. <laughs> After I do that, it's that bloody surf streaming. <laughs> it's horrible. <laughs> All right, so the last question is: mm. You've died, and your family and friends are preparing your grave goods. Mm. What food and drink do you get to take to the feast in Valhalla? Oh, no, I'd be surrounded with jelly beans for sure. I'd have. A nice big flagon of uh, Scottish Freoch, Heather Ale, mm-hmm. which is my favourite drink. Don't think I've ever had it. Oh, I'll bring some down next time. Um, yeah, and lots of lots of cake, gingerbread, walnut cake, all the dad flavours. Nice. Yeah, nice. carrot cake. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, for sure. I, I like Keep the sweet going. stuff. Talk day. Yeah, <laughs> there's a theme here. I like the sweet stuff, Craig. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think that would do me. I don't really need much else. <laughs> Have you ever tried to make like I don't know, you know 
You've seen I've got this Skittles vodka. Have you ever tried yeah. jelly bean vodka? Not yet. Challenge accepted. <laughs> <laughs> you will now get me a, a, onto being an alcoholic I mean, quite quick. <laughs> if he becomes an alcoholic, I'm... <laughs> no. His next will be, have you ever tried smoking jelly beans with crack? <laughs> like, no, but I want to now. <laughs> I'll ingest the bean in any form. That's the problem. <laughs> I've just remembered that before you turned up, I went out and picked some gorse. And I got some rum to make like a pina colada type thing with the Ooh, wild gorse. Yeah. And then I didn't do anything with it. Yeah. So I've got some dried up husk of flowers probably in the back of the van. Right, okay. Got any more jelly beans? We could stick them in the rum. <laughs> Good. We could. Although I might have given the last few beans to your daughter. He's turning my daughter into an <laughs> addict. I gave them to Emma and said she can have them if you, if okay. you want to. So. Okay. Yeah. It's an idea though, we'll have to try yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, when you do Skittles, you separate out the colours. Yeah. And the beans you've had today are quite mixed flavours though. Yeah. So I don't know whether you just chuck... Chuck them all. I'm going to have to try it now. Maybe, you're going to have to. You're going to have to get some of the bad flavours too, just for kicks. I reckon some sours in there, because people like Sours, their yeah. sour... Yeah, like spirits. the popcorn ones. What? Yeah, you get like popcorn and jelly beans and all sorts of weird things. Yeah. You actually get pina colada jelly beans. What? Yeah. I had peanut butter and jelly ones the other week. They were both and bad both for both and bad. <laughs> and uh, well, like uh, barfing. I don't know. Like just both and just both? yeah, both and like boken. Oh. Like if someone gives you the book. <gasps> so, <laughs> I uh, know that feeling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You just experienced what both and is. Ah, okay, both and. Yeah, and uh, yeah, there's crazy flavour so you could have a lot of fun with that mm. yeah you're trying to get me to go down your deep dark spiral into I'll jelly pull beans. everyone with me pull you down to my level and you're gonna you put us all in there are worse habits there are possibly yeah there are <laughs> guess it depends how much you eat it's, it's my burden to bear mm. for the world the jelly bean king yeah. <laughs> jelly bean bandit <laughs> you need to start a new instagram oh god jelly yeah. bean bandit yeah, yeah. That's my OnlyFans. <laughs> yeah, you didn't plug your OnlyFans. Did you? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, this is getting silly. Yeah. <laughs> they do a lot of the time. Yeah. Sorry, guys, if you're watching. So, yeah, yeah. thanks again for yeah. coming on. That's been great. I don't know yeah. why I did that. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a good giggle. Yeah. yeah, we'll go and carry on the giggles in the longhouse, I think. Yeah. By the fire and get some more. Yeah, more cider. Whiskey. More venison cider tonight. Oh, yes. Venison yep. cider. Try it, folks. Yeah, this was a fun concoction last night. <laughs> but before we go and before I forget, yeah. you need to plug yourself. Where can people find you? Right. Pictavia Leather, Instagram, I'm on there. And I am on Facebook and my own website. I keep it pretty short. Yeah. And everything I do goes up on Instagram. I'll pop some links underneath as well. Yeah, Make it easier. Yeah, grand. Imagine if they stop putting the links underneath and I keep pointing. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. They start doing it at the top. Yeah. Or just follow the jelly beans, yeah. you'll find me. Follow yeah. the jelly beans. Yeah. There's a trail through the woods. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks for watching, everyone. Cheers. And I'll see you next time. Goodbye. If you enjoyed the show and want to hear more, remember to like and subscribe and give the show a rating. You can also help keep the show going by becoming a Patreon, where you'll get early access to all episodes. Or check out my range of merch on my store. Links are in the episode description. Thanks for listening. <laughs>